This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Caroline's Coffee, roasted in the gold country of California. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Join your hosts as they dive into difficult topics that you might not find covered at your local homeschooling convention. Veteran homeschooling parents Andy and Kendra Fletcher use humor, honesty, and grace to discuss just what it looks like to homeschool in real life. Hey, welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life. This is Kenj. Hey, this is Fletch. We're trying these brand new intros every week. That sounds so much better. <laughs> you sound like alive, like you actually want to be here. Hey, Harlow. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is like cheese ball entrance? No, that's my Johnny Carson. Uh, <laughs> Here's Johnny. Okay, now we've aged ourselves. Yeah, so let's get be on. This is, like, huh? <laughs> this is episode 104, When Dad Homeschools. Now, we just spent like an entire argument on what we should call the title of the show. Yeah, it was a little tricky because we didn't want to communicate that mom wasn't doing her job as a homeschooling mom, you know? Like, yeah, it wasn't like when like, mom oh, when doesn't mom, homeschool. Right, yes. but this is an episode dedicated to the guys who are really taking charge of their kids' education at home. Yeah, and it came from a listener who is actually the breadwinner. She's the breadwinner. Yeah. And she said, you know, what do you, can you talk to some dads? And we'll play her uh, question. She actually wanted to know about tutoring and everything, but we kind of dialed in this episode just on dads. Sure. And we have two dads we're going to interview later. But first, some fluff time. Hey, we've just got off a huge weekend. <laughs> our church, insane. yeah, our church had a men's uh, conference retreat, mm-hmm. and typically we have thirty to forty. And this year we had two hundred, over two hundred yeah, guys. Yeah, what an awesome thing up. that is. Yeah. yeah, and I was the MC for yes, this event. You were. Apparently, I have. You have an MC voice. I have an MC voice, but this time I had an MC face, unlike the podcast <laughs> where I can hide. Um, but some of our patrons have said that they like the behind-the-scenes video we do for oh, our patrons because yeah. they got to see fun. our faces right? And the, and the faces of our dogs. Um, but, yeah, so we had this big weekend, and it was a huge deal, and I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. And then I had three uh, high school buddies. Yeah. I thought, hey, let's, rather than a 30-year high school reunion, I just aged myself again, mm-hmm. let's have a, a 30-year spiritual reunion. So That was really, yeah. really cool. Like, So instead of going to your high school reunion, you guys got together and did a men's retreat. Yeah, and they yeah. came to the house. So Kendra Very has cool. had three additional grown men in her home <laughs> this weekend. But then I was also gone all day Saturday at the Santa Rosa Tri-Valley Convention, which is a homeschool convention up in Santa Rosa, California. And if you don't know where that is, it's really up near beautiful Napa and wine country. So it was, it's a long drive for me, you know, it was. Yeah. Um, but it did was... Did you go wine tasting? I did not. I'm not a wine drinker. I know, that's why I asked the I question. Because we've been married this long, I like to just you ask that question. still like to hope I'm going to drink wine or coffee, I know. <laughs> No, um, but I met some hurlers there. That was so fun. I always love that. Um, and then got to talk about Jesus, which, yeah, you know, I love to do. That's what we do. Yep. So that was fun. Yeah. So but we, then we also showed the house today. So we, yeah. <laughs> uh, which was on a Sunday morning, right? right. So, uh, hey, three grown men that are staying with us. Um, we're showing our house this morning. Yeah, we get have, out. Thanks for being here. We need to clean up and <laughs> right, get going. Exactly. So we got up uh, at the crack of dawn and we were moving dogs out. But but if you love to pray and you love to pray for us, please pray that the, this is the family that 
buys the falls in love with the house and takes it and then we can yeah we can move on so yeah so it's been busy that's our that's my fluff time do you have anything else you want to add to yours no i i just wanted to say um you know hey shout out to hurlers who were there at the tri-valley convention that was really fun to connect there yeah, so let's uh, let's keep it short, and we have a lot of interview time with these guys. We do, and then we'll move on from there. Let's choose our sponsor this week on the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. It's Caroline's Coffee, the same as always, and this week I am drinking Ethiopian Yerga Chafe. That's I think that's how you say it. I don't even know if that's how you say it, but okay. delicious. Uh, our hurlers that are drink coffee uh, should know by now what I like. I like a mild to medium roast. This has uh, hints of fruits in it. It's a delicious coffee. If you haven't been there yet, this is one of my top three. So when people say, Fletch, what should I get when I go to Caroline's? This Ethiopian Yergachafe is delicious. Uh, second only, maybe second or third to the Weiwei Tenango region of Guatemala. So check it out. They are our sponsors and they help our show and you can help us as well by heading over to Caroline's Coffee using the code that they give to our listeners, which is H-I-R-L, and you'll get 10% off everything you order. Thank you so much for helping us by heading over and shopping with them. All right, and we're back and we are doing this episode again. This is episode 104, When Dad Homeschools. This came in from a listener uh, who sent in a voicemail. And again, if you have questions, if you have something you want us to talk about, you can go to homeschoolingirl.com slash voice, and all the instructions are there for how to record yourself on your smartphone and send it to us. Now, here's the question from our listener, Kat. Hi, Fletch and Kendra. This is Kat from Texas. I'd like to know about moms who work outside the home full-time but still want to homeschool. Could you talk to some stay-at-home dads What about families who hire a full-time tutor to homeschool their children? I'd love to hear about any and all alternatives to the traditional stay-at-home mom homeschool model. Thanks. Hey, Kat, thank you so much for sending in that question. Now, she's asking for any alternatives. We dialed in on the stay-at-home dad. Yes, and we would like to hit those other topics as well. We'll get there. But today's episode is all about dads who take over the education. And you know what? I'm noticing as you're saying that your eyes are glistening with joy <laughs> because you're like, or jealousy. We'll, we'll talk about those. <laughs> we will talk about a governess. Yeah. We will talk about a tutor. Kendra's over here like uh, writing things down, like researching www.homeschool. <laughs> Tutor.com. How much so, is that? No. So here's what we did. We got... <laughs> Guys, silly. I've been doing this for 19 years. I just bought the seventh child's fourth grade Roddenstaff math textbook yesterday <laughs> at the convention. You got to know, 19 years into any career, <laughs> you get a little starry-eyed about somebody else taking over for you. <laughs> That's so funny. It's like... So we're off the rails already. Right. We've like down the rabbit trail. You give Kendra a door to quit homeschooling and go run out and like enjoy Hawaii. She's going to take it. <laughs> well, who wouldn't? So, so let's go ahead and get into this. Now, we chose two homeschool dads to interview. The first that we're going to go down is Steve Wilkins. We love Steve because he's been a longtime friend. He has also been a private school principal before he homeschooled his daughters. So let's cue up the tape and go straight to Steve Wilkins. So we have on the line with us Steve Wilkins, who's been a guest on our show before, Fletch. Yeah, and a good friend. Yes, I mean, a very good like, friend. He's a friend in real life. Yeah, our kids were, our well, our oldest two and their two were itty-bitty together way, way, way back. So yeah. it's, been, it's been a couple decades of friendship. And we wanted to have Steve on the show today because he, in fact, has homeschooled his kids. 
So welcome yeah. to the show, Steve. Well, thanks for having me back. Good to talk to you guys. Hear from you. Hey, really quick question. Where are you in real life today? I'm in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, and a uh, long ways from you all, unfortunately. Uh, work right now. I have a little construction business that keeps me busy and uh, gives me some flexibility to do some other things, too. You know, one thing I like about getting together with Steve, Kendra? Yes. It always means, like, good food, good <laughs> wine. That's right. Good just conversation. Uh, so it kind of sucks that we're doing this on Skype because there's... Well, I can eat some good food here, Steve. As long as we're having uh, Vietnamese tacos tonight. Oh, we're here to enjoy them. So, what are we having? It sounds really good. Fish. We're having fish. <laughs> it doesn't sound as exciting. Yeah, okay. sorry, but uh, it's really good. But anyhow. Well, hey, we are talking about uh, homeschooling dads, and you're one of two guests. And we wanted to ask you uh, just what was the situation where you were homeschooling your daughters? Can you explain that a little bit to us? Well, you know, I've been my daughter's principal for most of their uh, education, and uh, and we came to a point where we were done with that. And um, and my daughter, my eldest, had just one more year of school to go, and my youngest had three more. And uh, and I was flexible work wise, so I just took up and uh, finished off their education with them. It was really enjoyable. I, I enjoyed it a lot, and uh, and seeing the growth in the young ladies. And um, getting to be a part of that on a more intimate level. So, what did that look like uh, when you were homeschooling them? What was you know, I don't style. You want to go on style or yeah, or even just what your day looked like? Because I think uh, dads yeah. do things differently than moms. Yep, yep. We were up first thing in the morning and we yes. cracked open the Bible and we cracked open Calvin's Institutes and worked our way through that over the course of a couple of years and um, and just read and discussed. And uh, and then a little bit of writing on the side to back up what they've been learning, and, uh, and then we'd usually break into a, a good history book. Uh, we went through Paul Johnson's History of the Americans, and uh, beyond that, we just let them, in some ways, kind of dictate their own education. And Meredith, in particular, took to a love of uh, of the authors from the early twentieth twentieth uh, century, the Lost Generation, Hemingway, Steinbeck, and that whole crowd, and so. She loved it. We're going to go with it. And she became an expert on all those writers by the end of a couple of years. And, um, and science we already had out of the way by that time. But anyhow, it, I, you know, I personally kind of lend towards unschooling, um, and especially when the kids are that age, letting them have a little bit more control over what they're doing and what they're learning. And our girls were pretty well grounded academically before this all began. And so it was really easy to do. And, uh, they all had a lot of interests, and we let them pursue them and write about it, and uh, occasionally we would sit down and dialogue. But our day only took about two, two and a half hours at the most, as far as my part in it. And then they were off on their own to uh, to p- pursue the things that we'd lined out. So, Ken, he reminds me a lot of uh, our good friend in New Zealand, mm-hmm. Craig Smith, yeah. you know, where he would let... His kids, uh, and you, there's a word for that. I'm sorry, I'm the numbskull. Delight-directed learning. Delight-directed learning. Yeah. So I want to uh, learn about, you know, skateboarders in the 1960s. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Dad. <laughs> Skateboarding. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I think, especially at that age, you know, they're, they, they need to play a major role in what they're learning, and, uh, be part of the decision-making process. So what practical tips would you have for a dad who decides he's going to jump in and take over? The best thing I liked about that email is the baby was just born. 
<laughs> one of the most important things that I can do is just setting the right environment right now, the right habits and things like that. So to make a home that's conducive to learning, you know, that they see that dad does read himself. He's not just making me do all this hard work. And the, and the dad thinks that reading the scriptures and being in prayer are important and setting up that kind of environment for a child to learn. And I, I don't know how, uh, how you can homeschool in chaos. And, uh, you know, what you're asking is a question that I think the answer is depends. And I just really think we need to adapt to what our children are capable of and what they're interested in. And so, you know, I mentioned I like homeschooling. Frankly, I, I think probably 90% of kids could never adapt to that, uh, particularly in the culture that we're in right now. But um, if they need to have a more regimented sort of curriculum, then they need to have it. You're going to have to walk them through that or force them through it. I, I hate to see that sort of situation, but all your kids learn differently. And as I'm sure you you know, the way they learn changes as they're growing, too. So yeah. You always got to be sensitive to where they're at and what they need to get them through this process. The one thing I'm noticing, though, even in talking to Steve, like there is an air of confidence mm. in him. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's something that maybe dads start like that. Maybe they don't, they don't worry so much about the competition or sure. the, the fear that I'm not going to do this. Well, it's like they come in and go, well, I can do this. I can do anything. I'm a dad. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I wonder if that's something yeah. to be said there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think what might add confidence to either a mom or a dad is having some sort of curriculum before them, a path lined out to follow um, and not being completely on this, this unschool thing. But just to see that, yeah, we are progressing through these things. It may not be in the order that some particular curriculum writer thought we should go in, but we're getting we're getting these things done and accomplishing them. Now, when, when I was saying it depends on the mom and the dad, you know, not everybody... I used to not agree with this, but uh, more and more I'm thinking not everybody's quite qualified to homeschool their kids, and and um, they don't have the patience to work with children. That's a gift in itself. Uh, as a school principal, you know I'm looking for somebody that can control the kids. That's that's an art in itself. Then there's the ability to take the knowledge you have in your head and uh, hand that over to the kids in one way or another, and um, and then uh, and then what do you know? You know, it's, it's what you, do you have something to say and do you have the ability to say it? It's what I'm looking for when I'm looking to hire a teacher. And um, so I don't want to be discouraging, but um, if academics isn't your thing and you aren't continuously learning, um, it might be a little bit harder to, to pull this off. But. Hey, I say all the time, Fletch is the better parent than I am. So I think sometimes uh, when we recognize, you know, our strengths and weaknesses, he's just a better people manager than I am. And I'm the, I'm probably the better academic, um, you know, driven yeah. well, you know, this, leader. This, but. Right, right. And, and both of those things are necessary. But, you know, again, I, I hate to say depends because it sounds cheap, but it does. Yeah. So now I, I love what you've had to say so far, you know. Um, we have these situations, you know, go into it orderly, go into it with a plan, uh, go into it with some confidence. So now we have the situation, mom and dad are sitting down, they're looking at the budget for next year, and they say, you know what, the budget works out better if mom's working. Yeah. And so dad is going to, and, and they want to homeschool, and so dad's going to stay home and do this. Any just last minute advice to that guy or that couple before they get started? I wonder if dad's starting a side business that he could run out of the house and if the kids could help him 
with it as they get older um, might not be a good idea. And besides that, uh, in a business situation, can be a great place to educate your kids about a number of important things. We've had a couple and, people uh, call in who actually do that. We've had mm-hmm. a, a couple dads who are longtime listeners that we actually had one on one time, and he talked about bringing the kids into the business and showing them the practicality of commerce and people skills and well, management. As he's, as our culture is in exponential decline, I think it's going to be harder and harder for good Christian kids to keep a job. And we need to be training them up to be entrepreneurs and able to make a living outside of the, you know, the normal career track that, uh, that we point our kids to. And, um, and you learn by doing. It'd be great to be learning with that and learning how to run a business and to start something up. Even just a lawn mowing business, just do something and let them learn how to work and learn, learn how to uh, grow a business up into something that a young man can use and, uh, or a young lady. That's good stuff. That is good stuff. So, and uh, I think that is really uh, showcases strengths that dad can have in homeschooling kids. Not that a mom couldn't also, but I think, you know, for the guy who's thinking, gosh, could I even do this? That's really good encouragement, Steve. Thanks. Well, I heard a fellow interviewed his homeschooling dad about seven or eight kids, and he runs a bakery. And he takes all the kids once they reach about age six to the bakery with him early in the morning. And they all work. They help serve the customers. They help make the product. And at the same time, they're learning stuff. And sometimes a child during the day might sit out and have to you know, spend an hour reading history or something like that. But what a great environment to learn about math and fractions and so yeah. forth, and not to mention public relations. When You actually have a practical application for all this. And, and at the uh, end of the day, it's a bakery. Hello. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. So we got donuts. What more do you need? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, I really liked uh, listening to him and what he had to say. It sounded like it's working out well. Well, hey, we want to thank you for taking time out of your day to uh, jump on the phone with us here at Homeschooling in Real Life. And uh, th- thanks for being uh just a friend in real life anyway. As always, we want to leave the door open to come back multiple times to yeah. our friend Steve Wilkins. Thanks for being on the show. All right. Thank you. All right. So we want to thank Steve for being a guest on the show. And before we head into our next homeschool dad, we just wanted to take a break and remind you that we're part of a network. Now, I spoke with Vicki Tillman. I, I mentioned this on the last podcast Vicki is one of the podcasters over at the Homeschool High School podcast, and she told me that she saw an uptick in listeners this week, and she attributes it to the fact that we mentioned it here on the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. So again, if you are a homeschool mom and you're heading into the high school years, you remember being there, right? Oh, absolutely. Tricky time. Yeah, and so any help you can get is great. So um, we want you to head over and check out the Homeschool High School podcast. Now, where would they find it? The Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network hosts her podcast as they host ours. So you can find that at ultimateradioshow.com. Head on over, take a listen to the show, and let them know that Fletch and Kendra sent you. The second homeschool dad we decided to interview for this episode is Dr. Jay Weil. And one of the reasons we wanted to have him on the show is because he is well-loved in the homeschool community. Dr. Weil began his whole homeschool career, so to speak, writing really great high school science curriculum for homeschoolers, and that's the Apologia curriculum. 
Yeah, and I loved, I'd never met him, I guess. Had you met him before? Uh, yes, briefly. He probably doesn't remember, but <laughs> had a convention. Yeah. It was great to hear his story because we asked him, now, how did you get involved in homeschooling your children? So, you know, he answered this question, and yeah. it's a really great story. It is. So let's head on over to that interview. Well, we're here with Dr. Jay Weil this morning, and we are so excited to have you with us. Thanks, Dr. Weil, for joining us. Oh, it's great to be here. Hey, you know, as we're talking about this topic of dads who homeschool, uh, we were on a flight back from Indiana, and Kendra immediately thought of you. And I think she emailed you before we taxied. And, <laughs> Possible, yeah, yeah. And then you responded before we landed. So it was awesome. This, this must uh, be meant to be. So uh, can you tell our audience a little bit about who you are and maybe where, you, where, where are we talking to you today? Well, I'm in Anderson, Indiana. Uh, the thriving metropolis of Anderson. It's it's outside of Indianapolis, best known for uh, the place where the Gaithers uh, live and uh, the university that gave us Sandy Patty. So, wow, <laughs> wow. That's, Anderson, that's Anderson's claim to fame. Uh, I'm uh, a nuclear chemist, and I, for many many years, was a professor of chemistry at first Indiana University and then Ball State University. Uh, and while I was at Ball State University. I had my first experience with homeschooled students. Um, I didn't know anything about homeschooling, but I had these students who were just head and shoulders above the rest. And I found out that they were homeschool graduates. And so that got me interested in homeschooling because my very best students at Ball State University in chemistry and physics were homeschoolers. And as I got to know them, I found out their parents that didn't have degrees and didn't have college degrees or anything like that. And yet they were giving me better university students than the public and private schools. So that got me interested in homeschooling. And I started working with homeschoolers, mostly, you know, just telling them what kind of subjects are good for a college prep high school experience and how to make your child more attractive to a university and things like that. Uh, But pretty soon I started writing curriculum and, of course, it was science curriculum because that's what I know. Uh, and it's kind of interesting because at that point in my life, I didn't have children or anything like that. My wife and I were double income, no kids. And I was writing homeschool curriculum having never homeschooled myself. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And that's sort, of, that's sort of the picture of what it's like to be a professor. Um, because as a professor, you're an expert on things that you've never done. You know, uh, I need to interrupt then, you just for a second because that is also the definition of a dad. I am an expert at things I've never done. At least that's what yes. my kids think, or I, I'm maintaining that myth. <laughs> that's, that's true. My dad knows everything. <laughs> um, this whole story changes when my wife and I end up getting in a situation where we really feel led to adopt a teenager. She was 15 when we adopted her. She had gone to public school her entire life, and she was sort of the standard, the classic example of a kid who has fallen through the cracks. So she's not, you know, uh, challenged enough to be in the special needs program, and she's not gifted enough to be singled out by, you know, to be noticed by her teachers. So she's sort of just been sailing through school, and as a result, there were all sorts of holes in her education. And a good fraction of our homeschooling was spent trying to fill those holes. So when when you adopted her, was that your plan right off the bat, or was it was it your previous experience that said, "Hey, we are going to homeschool this girl"? When we decided the Lord was leading us to adopt her, you know, we sort of presented it as a as a package deal. 
you know, if you want us as your parents, then you're going to be homeschooled. So once we got to the point where we were going to adopt her, yeah, it was our plan to homeschool her. Because by that time, I had experienced enough about homeschooling to know that it was going to be the best education. And she had so many holes in her education, we really needed to have a, a personalized uh, education for her. Now, did she uh, agree that that was the best option for her, or was there any pushback? Oh, no, no. She didn't want – the entire time she was homeschooled, she didn't want to be homeschooled. Oh. Uh, and so it was sort of a, a balancing act in trying to, uh, you know, trying to promote homeschooling to her in some way that made it at least, you know, bearable for her to be homeschooled. But, no, she didn't want to be homeschooled the entire time. But once she graduated and went to university – uh, a few weeks after she had been there, she actually called us and got us both, you know, got us each on a different line and so forth and told us specifically, I'm so glad you homeschooled me. <laughs> wow. So she wasn't happy about it the entire time until she went to college. <laughs> well, that's a great story and I'm sure super encouraging for a lot of our listeners yeah. who are, you know, knee deep in kids <laughs> who who look at the public school as the positive thing, right, Ken? Just oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. A couple of and, our kids. And I th- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But I think that there's uh, the social component. I think that's what they're missing. <laughs> you know, like, oh, it oh, was and that's fun. that's exactly what she missed. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's exactly what she missed. She's an incredibly social uh, yeah. woman, uh, even as an adult, incredibly social. Uh, and so she was just missing being with her friends. And in fact, that's what mostly went on in school, right. socializing anyway. Yeah. So, you know. So tell us now, what does that look like when you sit down with a 15-year-old and you say, all right, we're going to homeschool? So how is that transition? What does it look like? And then as you, you as the dad saying, all right, let's get going, what, is it, what did that look like for you guys? Well, you know, I was fairly confident about uh, designing some sort of program for her because I was a professor at the time and I had, you know, all my colleagues I could talk to about any subject I didn't know. <laughs> so uh, I felt pretty confident about sort of sort of flying by the seat of my pants. So I didn't buy any set curriculum or anything like that because really I kind of viewed initially, I kind of viewed my job as uh, educational triage. <laughs> now, you are working as a professor, yet you're the primary homeschooling parent, I'm assuming, yes. at this point. How, what did that look like for you? How did you guys set up that situation or that day? Right. Well, this worked out best for us because of the two of us, my wife had the more more real job. <laughs> you know, I write science curriculum, but my wife was the real scientist because she worked in a pharmaceutical company. She didn't do anything with pharmaceuticals. She was in the research biochemicals division, but she was doing real research. She was specifically at that time working on a treatment for type 1 diabetes. So uh, she had a pretty intense schedule, and it was very regimented because it was, you know, a group of other scientists all working together. So, you know, she couldn't be flexible. As a professor, I could be pretty flexible, especially since I was popular among the students. So students would want to take my classes. So I could basically tell my department head, I don't want to teach until 1030. And so what I would tip, what we typically do is I'd wake her up um, and she'd have an hour to have breakfast and get dressed and all of that. And then she had to be in the den uh, where we started homeschooling. And um, our homeschool day was I would work with her in the morning and then give her a bunch of assignments that she had to be, have completed by that night. So the first thing we'd do in the morning is we'd go over what she did the day before. And I'd talk about what I liked and what I didn't like, what she got wrong, what she got right, and things like that. So we review whatever she did the day before. 
And then I'd get to the newer stuff and I'd give her more assignments about what needed to be done by the end of the day or by the end of the week or whatever. Um, And then uh, the one thing I could never get her to learn independently was math. So we did a math lesson every day as well. Uh, And once I once I saw that she was getting the idea behind the math math lesson, then she had problems she had to do. Uh, And then I would leave. And depending on how long this took, she would often go back to bed for a while. Uh, because we found, yeah, we found that she was much more productive if she took a nap. Yeah. Um, kind of like kindergarten. <laughs> and so she, that would typically happen depending on how long, depending on what her schedule was. Cause you know, once she got a car, she had to have, you know, a part-time job to support the car and all that. So depending on what her schedule was, sometimes she'd go right back to bed and nap for about an hour. Or sometimes she'd just start working on her assignments because she had other things to do. So then she would work on these assignments, uh, and I would just expect her to have them done. Uh, And I didn't give her much grace on the the assignments I thought were easy. Now, the assignments I thought were more difficult, I gave her a lot of grace on. Uh, But, uh, you know, I had this sort of hierarchy in my mind of here are the assignments she better have done when I get home, (laughs) and here are the other ones I'm willing to be a little flexible on. Uh, So... In a lot of ways, her I, I call her homeschool guided independence because, you know, we started the day together and I gave her assignments, but after that, it was up to her. You know, I just finished an interview earlier with a college admissions uh, counselor who said, if we could have more high schoolers who come in having their set you know, time management skills, having had to do lots of things on their own, it would be such a better uh, situation for them entering college. And I think really what you're doing is setting her up for success in that. Well, and that's one of the things she said when she called us from college and thanked us for homeschooling her. That was one thing she said. She said, I see all these, all of my fellow students who don't know how to get things done because they've never had to before on their own. They've always been guided with everything. Yeah. Well, I think this is super encouraging. I think parents, um, you know, need to know that when you say, Hey, look, we're going to have these assignments and we're going to let you go for it. That's not negligent homeschooling. That's really giving your kids some great skills. Yeah. And, and, and and I think the reason my college students who were homeschooled were so superior was because they were forced to learn on their own, either because their parents didn't know the subject and you know they struggled through it together, or just their parents had younger kids and couldn't spend as much instructional time with the older kids. They ended up having to learn on their own, and I think that's a that's a very important skill that homeschoolers have to give their their students. And the only way you can do that is to simply let them do some work independently, let them fail from time to time, because my daughter failed from time to time, too. You know, I would expect her to be able to learn this thing on her own, and she wasn't able to without my help, but that was okay. We kept pushing her, and we kept, you know, we would we would help her when she absolutely needed it, but when we felt like she there was something she could do, we had her do it on her own. Well, I have one more question for you, Dr. Weil. You are Dr. J. Weil, astrochemist, brilliant professor <laughs> at the university, and you can whip up your own curriculum and, you know, all these great things. But, hey, I'm Joe, homeschool dad, and I have a 9-to-5 job. Is this still going to work for me, or should I not be beating my head against the wall to try and homeschool my kids when I'm doing a full-time job that's not education? What do you think about that? Well, I think, you know, I think well... – what was what made things all right for me was my job was flexible, 
so my homeschooling could be on a more traditional schedule. I think if your job's not flexible, then you make your homeschooling schedule flexible. If, if, you, if you can't do homeschooling during the normal workday because you're working, then homeschooling becomes an evening activity and your children's playtime or whatever is before is, is you know is, is is while you're working. And what about the fact that it's 2016 and I'm still not an astrochemist and I'm not <laughs> super smart? Can I still do this as a dad? Well, yeah, I, I guess I'd say two things. Uh, the very first homeschooler, uh, the very first person I realized was homeschooling, who was one of my students at university. Um, he and I had just finished this long esoteric argument about an equation, uh, and and when we got done. I said, well, you know, you're a superstar student. You're acing all of my tests and everything. You must have had a very good chemistry experience. Where did you go to school? And he said at home. And I didn't really even understand that at first. So I said, oh, so you were sick and you had to have a tutor come in. And he was like, no, my, my mother, uh, my mother uh, taught me. And I said, so what is she, a nuclear physicist? And he said, no, she never even went to college. And that's typical of what I see, these superstar homeschool graduates who come to university and knock everybody's pants off. Their uh, parents don't have any uh, serious academic credentials at all. Um, and the studies bear that out. I mean, when you uh, look at just homeschool students and you measure how they're doing on these standardized tests, and then you group them according to how many degrees their parents have, hmm. you see almost no dependence at all. The parents with not a college degree to between them are doing almost exactly the same as the parents with two college degrees. Uh, that's great. So this idea that you've got to be super educated, super smart to homeschool, that's just not the case. In real life, anybody can do it. Did you hear that, homeschooling in real life listeners? Dr. J. Wow said you don't have to be an astrochemist to, uh, or even astrophysicist or a chemophysicist, <laughs> any of those. You don't have to have that to homeschool your kids. Dr. Wow, thank you so much for being with us. I know that one of the reasons um, homeschoolers love you is not just because of the curriculum you've written, but because you are so hugely encouraging to us. So thanks for being with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I have to tell you, homeschoolers are encouraging to me. Because I, I, I tell you, as a professor, you can get really discouraged when you see the kind of students that are in college and you realize those are our future leaders. But these homeschool graduates who come to college, they actually give me a little bit of hope for our future. That's awesome. Thanks so much. Oh, my pleasure. Well, I'll say it again. I think Dr. Weil is one of those really wonderfully encouraging homeschool speakers. If you get a chance to hear him at a convention, take it. Yeah. So, Kat, we hope that this was maybe just scratching the surface of your question. You know, we didn't talk about the aspects of, you know, what happens in the family when dad's the one homeschooling and mom's going to work and those dynamics, maybe the politics, mm -hmm. maybe the tension and quite possibly the hope shifting that takes place because it, let's just say it. Dad is taking the back seat to mom as the breadwinner. That's and tricky for some guys, huh? There are huge identity issues mm -hmm. there, but sometimes there are necessary identity issues there. You know what? It's going to be better if mom works for our income, for our long term, for our health. Maybe, maybe there's an issue where dad can't work. Hey, I always say you are actually the better parent. Yeah, <laughs> so if you were the better dentist, I'd let you go to work. Right. But, you know, that those are issues, Kat, we didn't walk down that path. You didn't ask us to. I just was thinking about those. I'm constantly thinking about how does the gospel apply to the situation? How do we ask the tough questions in every situation? So maybe you've given us another show later. We also didn't talk about the tutoring. You know, what about hiring a tutoring or 
hiring someone to come in. Mm-hmm. But I loved what both these dads said. They talked about not only how they got into it, why they got into it, how they did it, what it looks like, and they gave some advice to our listeners. So thank you again to both Steve and to Jay for doing that. Coming up next week on our podcast, we have a guest from Patrick Henry College. Amy Stoff is an admissions counselor there who I had the privilege of meeting in Indiana at the homeschool convention, and we chatted quite a bit about college admissions. But one of the things that you're going to love about this episode is she talks about parental involvement and how much is too much to be involved in your child's education in high school as they're heading into college, and what's a good balance. Right, exactly. That's the sound of a helicopter parent coming in. We talked quite a bit about helicopter parenting, so now, that's next week's episode. Yeah, we've we've done uh, episodes on college before, but it was time for another one, and it's yeah. just at the front end of summer. So that's right. As you head into the summer and think through next school year, uh, it's good to begin thinking about college now. Now, if you want to reach out to us and tell us what we missed in the dad episode, or tell us what we need to talk about in other episodes. How can you do that, Kench? You can find us uh, right away. You can email us info at homeschoolingirl.com, but you can also find us on the World Wide Web at homeschoolingirl.com. And you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash homeschoolingirl, or Fletch on Twitter. You can tweet to us at homeschoolirl. You can tweet to Kendra at Kendra E. Fletcher. And you can tweet to me at the Mango Times. And if you want to tweet to either of the dogs, you can tweet to them as well. They're not in the studio today. We have a crystal clean house. Kendra (laughs) is not going to let these dogs in for a long time. Hey, but I do want to talk about the iTunes reviews and Patreon. Now, patreon.com slash homeschoolingirl. We have plenty of patrons that are over there supporting us, and we'd love more. We have a goal. And when we get to that goal, we can cut out advertising, and we can start to be fully supported by our listeners head on over and become a patron. Now, iTunes, we ask every week that you would leave us a review. We got a great review this week, a great review. And the review came in, it was, it was exactly what I wanted. It was what they liked about the show and what they don't like about the show. And I listen to those, I read those. But this one particular said something, and uh, I think we're in the kind of world where what this, re- what this listener said, I want to comment on. And they said something about, hey, your show is good. It stands on its own merits. You don't actually need to criticize ministries or people who you don't agree with by name. Mm -hmm. And I would say, yeah, we do sometimes. We actually do. I think we need to put on our big boy pants um, as Christians. I think so often we take those verses about uh, do not offend or not be offensive, and we're just failing to say the truth occasionally. Now, Kenj, I shared this with you this morning, and, and what was your response back to me? Well, I think the big issue here, Fletch, is saying which ministries, which authors, which pastors, which speakers really point us all to Jesus and point themselves to Jesus in a, in a very transparent way that says, hey, look, this is why I need Jesus, guys. <laughs> and so I think if a ministry, uh, an author, a speaker, whomever that we're listening to is continually, regularly pointing us to the gospel, to Jesus, to he's our host, to he has it finished, he's the one who did it, reminding us of what he did, then we can give lots of leeway and grace when there's a problem, right? Because we all have them. Yeah, but if someone's doing just the opposite? Yeah. Well, when a ministry or a speaker or an author or a pastor is pointing to themselves or their method or whatever it is that they've held up their ministry as the answer, then you know what? I think we are very free to say, stay clear, walk away from that ministry. I think that's the same thing Jesus would have said 
when he was talking about whitewashed tombs, you know, Pharisees mm-hmm. and people that were holding up to legalism. I think, you know, we, we were just talking about uh, the men calling the woman out from adultery. Mm-hmm. And Jesus pointed out their legalism. He pointed out the problems with the law. Right. And one by one, they walked away. Yeah. Um, I think we can, we're not Jesus. Don't, I'm sorry. If I made that comparison that I'm Jesus in this situation, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Honey. Yeah, I am clearly not. Um, but I think, you know, some of these people, like we've, we've talked about some of these rigid legalistic homeschooling organizations. Um, and I'm, I'm all willing to call them out and say, stay clear. Not a yeah. red flag, not, not an orange flag, a red flag. Yeah, stay clear because that organization, that minister, that person is saying, hey guys, do it this way and then you'll get this result. Follow the law, folks, and then you'll have a good life. Yeah, so this reader, this listener, I keep calling them readers, this listener who wrote this review on iTunes, thank you so much. I mean, even that, even your review just gave us something more to talk about and think about. And, and I didn't look at it as criticism at all, as much as I just looked at it as, Hey, you gave us something to think about. Um, and if I if we did stuff in generalizations, if we said these types of organizations, these type of sometimes that's a little too vague. And again, I think, and I'm not talking about this listener, but let's just put on our big boy pants and say it's okay, mm-hmm. it's fine. Mm-hmm. I we are in people's crosshairs all the time for being the homeschool couple who kind of pushes that envelope a little too far sometimes. Yeah, fine, call me out on it. That's fine. I I have those pants on, and I'm. I'm tough enough to handle it. Kendra, maybe not so much. <laughs> Kendra's, Kendra's a, a hope Ken, shifter. Kendra's a hope shifting <laughs> and, and, and a mom and a homeschool mom. And I think sometimes when she gets pushed on, she, she looks at it a little bit mama bear attack. And when I'm like, I get pushed on, you're showing me where my idols of identity ooh, are. Oh, that's, that's a reality. Good. Hey, you know what? Thanks for being honest. That's real. That's true. I apparently don't have any. I'm just like, just say whatever oh, you want. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Feel free to drink okay, and pass Fletch. right around me. Mm-hmm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. You can come right on down. Um, okay. So uh, thank you again. Thanks, thanks for that. And, and we want others to head on over to iTunes. Remember, leaving a review, subscribing to our show, that's how our ranking goes up. And again, do I want to be the number one on iTunes? Yeah, I do. But <laughs> number two, I want to knock off the thinking atheist who's in the number one spot. Help me to do that. Not because I want to just be a jerk, but because I want homeschooling with the gospel to be the number one show. And don't you, as a listener? I hope so. If not, then okay, fine. That's good too. Hey, we. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just pandering to our audience at this point. You got to wrap it up because yeah. somebody's doing their dishes to this podcast. Oh, and, they're and about griping. Done. They're like, I'm a homeschool mom. I can't <laughs> listen to you people. So uh, we will talk to you next week when we talk about college admissions for homeschoolers. Thanks for being the best podcast audience. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Everything on this podcast was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information, or if you'd like to contact your hosts, please visit them on homeschoolingirl.com 